Hello, it's Tuesday, the 2nd of November. I'm Gary Bellman. On today's show, I'll be chatting all things travel and tourism in the Maldives with Ruth Franklin. So let's get started. This is the Southeast Asia Travel Show. Hello, wherever you are in the world, and thanks for listening in. So today's show is part four of our Destination 2022 series, which assesses the current outlook in potential hot ticket destinations for Southeast Asian travelers as our borders finally start to reopen. And where better to head than the Indian Ocean archipelago of the Maldives, which last week achieved an impressive tourism milestone. But more about that in a moment. I'm delighted to say that joining me today is Ruth Franklin, who is co-founder of Secret Paradise Maldives and a longtime resident. Ruth was first on the Southeast Asia Travel Show back in February. So, Ruth, it's been eight and a half months since you were last on the show. How are you doing and what have you been up to during that time? Hi, Gary. Good to be uh, back chatting with you. Well, I'd love to say that I've been up to lots of exciting things, uh, but in all honesty, the year has continued to be about maintaining the stability of the business, preparation and review of operating practices, keeping people like yourself and business partners up to date with changes to travel guidelines, and we've also managed to fit in updating our website. (laughs) Well, that sounds like plenty to do. And yes, you've been really, really active at keeping everybody updated. So thanks very much for that. Some interesting things have been happening in the Maldives. But as you said, it's been slow progress in terms of uh, certain parts of the business. So tell us a little bit more about Secret Paradise Maldives. What what have you been looking at for for next year? And what have you been trying to get up to this year? So as far as this year is concerned, at the beginning of the year, we were involved with the Reimagining Tourism Project that was led by the Maldives UNDP in conjunction with the Ministry of Tourism, uh, which was focusing on exploring, developing and testing ways for making tourism in the Maldives more inclusive, resilient and sustainable. More recently, we've supported our sister company, Island Luxury, who are opening an eight-room handcrafted property on the local island of Fuladu in Bar Atoll. And the premise of this project has been to include the community in all aspects of the operation. So, for example, local seamstresses are making uniforms. The Island Women's Development Council have been attending bakery classes hosted by a Maldivian chef in order that they are able to produce bread and pastries alongside more traditional local food items. But more importantly, and where we've been connected in particular, is that 12 individuals aged between 17 and 30 for whom Fuladu is their home island, have been completing a hospitality training programme developed by Island Luxury and Secret Paradise as the aim is to achieve a 100% Maldivian guest service team there, which will be a real milestone for uh, guest house tourism. This also sort of links into some of the sustainable projects that um, have been looked at by the government. And one that's been in the the news recently is that um, the tourism minister announced back in August that homestay tourism will be launched in the Maldives during early 2022, with the possibility of the first guests being um, uh, arriving in January. If homestay tourism is implemented well, then this will definitely be a beneficial direct source of income for locals, as well as a unique experience for tourists. 
So that's interesting, Ruth. So you were talking about it may be implemented early next year. Is there a particular reason they're looking at that far ahead? Has it been for safety precautions or to get the, the processes and procedures in place before it actually uh, goes online? A combination. The minister and members of the uh, tourism ministry have been visiting islands from north to south of the archipelago to review um, which islands would be most suitable to launch the homestay um, initiative and uh, to actually go and stay in homes. So there's an aspect of selecting specific islands um, initially that will be focused on homestay. And then also, as you mentioned, to ensure that from a safety perspective and also um, a policy and regulation perspective, um, that those are put into place or have certainly been discussed with um, island councils and in particular also homeowners who will be opening up uh, their family homes to tourists. So it has been on the agenda in terms of discussion uh, for the past 12 months. And there are challenges and there's challenges also being put forward by um, other stakeholders within the tourism industry. But I think it's something that um, will happen and it will be positive if handled in the, the right format. But let's wait and see how that pans out. Yeah, so it's interesting. You were talking there about the training projects as well as with you, with your sister company. You know, what what new opportunities will that give, not just for local people, but for your company in terms of the the opportunities and the experiences that you're able to provide? The property is at a different level to uh, the properties that we would normally focus on within our tours for Secret Paradise. So it's more of a boutique style. I think what it will provide is a, um, a different focus and a different story to tell um, that may benefit some of our international partners uh, where they're looking for a different um, stay um, away from the, the main tourist islands within the central atolls, for example. For us, I think it will benefit us in the sense that we can broaden our market for our partner agents who perhaps are looking for a different location for their guests and a different level of property in terms of a more premium style, but will still allow us to be able to engage with local communities and um, bring local projects and sustainable actions together between locals and our tour guides. That's great stuff. We look forward to talking to you again, Ruth, in, in about six or eight months and, and see how that's going. That's, uh, that's something really to look forward to. So, But having said we're going to look forward, let's, let's start to look back a little bit. So last time you were on the show, uh, Ruth, back in February, we talked about the fact that the Maldives reopened its borders on the 15th of July last year. It was one of the first countries to do so in, in, across the region. Uh, and it's been sort of promoted as a bit of a case study about how you carefully reopen there was some different adaptability that was required in terms of PCR testing and then the vaccination as well. The end of the 2020 went fairly positively, not a bad start to 2021. So what's happened through the rest of this year? How would you say that tourism has developed through what is it, you know, the first full year of reopening? So to the end of October, um, the Maldives has seen 1,012,928 arrivals. So that's 27% down on 2019, but 139% up on 2020. So um, has hit its initial target of uh, 1 million. And um, I'm sure that with October arrivals in excess of 142,000, 
together with the fact that we are moving into the festive period with many properties already reporting uh, no availability or low availability. I do think there is a strong possibility that the Ministry of Tourism's stretch target of 1.5 million arrivals is on the cards for 2021. Arrivals throughout the year have been led by uh, Russia and India and uh, restrictions that were in place throughout 2021 for travellers from the UK and Italy were lifted at the end of September. Both of those um, countries are key markets for the Maldives and arrivals will no doubt have a positive impact on those festive season numbers. So we'll come back to the, and the nationalities that are coming to the Maldives in a moment, but I just wanted to go back to that, that point that you mentioned there about the one millionth tourist, which I think arrived last Friday. Actually, it's a good story. I was reading about this because you said that the key markets so far have been Russia and India. I think it was a French couple that took Maldives past the one millionth figure for the year, and it was their 20th visit to the Maldives. So obviously, their regular visitors are helping to boost the numbers. Indeed, I think um, there are a number of uh, European destinations where the repeater market um, is very strong and you've got uh, guests that will have been visiting individual resorts every time, every visit. Um, and then you'll have those that do come and they like to travel around, but maybe return to uh, their first resort or their first local island that they have visited I think the first island that you visit as a tourist in the Maldives will always remain very special to you and certainly um, that's the case uh, for myself. But you're quite right in highlighting that the repeater market is a strong market for the Maldives. But we've also seen new markets emerge because of destinations not being able to travel over the last 12 months. Yeah, good point. So that leads neatly into the next question. Now here in Southeast Asia, Ruth, Borders are starting to open up. It's very, very slow. But the way that it's, it's tending to happen is that governments are setting out uh, lists of countries, usually based on the WHO uh, health and safety, but not always. Some other countries are, are looking at their, their key trade partners or, or their key markets for inbound tourism as they were in 2019. So what's the situation with the Maldives? Is the Maldives open to all nationalities right now? Are there any restrictions in place for visiting to the Maldives and also between islands in the archipelago? The Maldives is open to all um, international travel. Uh, there are no restrictions. Um, there are some key restrictions when travelling uh, within the Maldives. The first of those is that a negative PCR test is required within 96 hours of your flight from your country of origin and also completion of the online health declaration form, which is known as IMUGA. For tourists who stay on local islands, a PCR test is mandatory 72 hours prior to departure from the Maldives at the end of your stay. Also important to note that not all resorts accept guests who have stayed at a local island or on board a boat prior to arrival at the resort. And some resorts may request a PCR test to be taken prior to arrival if you are doing what is termed as a split stay. So definitely would advise people to check with their booking agent or direct with the resort um, before making any completion of bookings. And then as far as local islands are concerned, there are specific local vaccination guidelines where the percentage of the population has to have met 
various levels in order for non-vaccinated guests to be able to stay on the island. And there is an updated list that's on the Ministry of Tourism website that gives guidance as to which islands um, are included. And at this point in time, the key tourist islands within the um, central atolls um, from a a local island point of view, um, having the main all being given the the go ahead, but definitely it's worth um, being aware of those. So let's talk a little bit about some of the key markets, Ruth. You mentioned obviously that it's being led and driven by Russia and by India, but some other countries that are also hitting the top 10. We were talking off air and you said that actually when Scandinavia reopened for travel, you know, that really helped uh, your business in particular. But sort of which destinations are approving big suppliers of travel this year to, to the Maldives? So in general, um, India's just under 23% and Russia at 19%. So uh, the top two do take out a huge chunk. Um, At number three is Germany with 7%, the USA fourth at 4.1% and Saudi Arabia fifth, previously ranked 18th at 3.3%. So you can see that two top markets do take up um, a very large proportion of arrivals. At one point, um, India accounted for one in four arrivals to the Maldives. Um, And we've also experienced a high influx from um, South Asia due to quarantine travel, whereby people were traveling from South Asia to the UAE, for example, but because the UAE weren't accepting them direct from their home country, they were using the Maldives as a 14-day quarantine period before traveling onward. That has now come to an end because the um, travel regulations within the UAE have changed, um, and that may have an impact in terms of the length of stay potentially in the next few months or certainly potentially in terms of arrivals. Um, If we look back in 2020, India and Russia were still the top two markets, but the top five at that point in time also included the UK and Italy, which have completely dropped out of the rankings because of their um, travel restrictions by their home governments. And then going back a further year to 2019, along with the UK and Italy, China would have featured in the top five markets. So there has been a a little bit of a hustle in the jungle there in terms of um, individual countries moving up and down. And there are East European countries such as Kazakhstan, which have never featured in the top 10 and have come out of nowhere because they've had accessibility and it's been one of the destinations um, that have been travelling for the best part of 2021 in total. Two really interesting things that you mentioned there, Ruth. I think one, obviously, as we're going to see across the region over the coming months, this China-shaped gap in terms of arrivals, that's something that every country across the region is going to have to deal with. But the other one, I think also, like you said, there is different patterns of travel. And you mentioned markets like Kazakhstan, really sort of standing up and providing travelers in in volumes that didn't happen before. Uh, And that's something interesting. That's, I guess, another thing that destinations across the region will have to to get used to is how to look at different patterns, different airline routes, different frequencies, this kind of thing. And I I would say that probably from the Maldives, that's one of the things that you've probably learned over the last year is adaptability, is how to work with markets that are changing. Because there was a period, wasn't there, where the Indian market uh, was, was it closed for a while and you had to adapt without it? Yes, that's correct. 
I think credit has to be given to the um, MMPRC, so the marketing and promotional team for the Maldives, in that they have continued to look at different ways to promote the Maldives and they've never taken their foot off the pedal from the time that we went into lockdown in 2020 and um, continuing on now. So whilst they're back in the field in terms of face-to-face -face business meetings at um, events such as WTM, which is currently in progress, they've certainly taken to the virtual world of marketing and have done continuous training with agents um, around the world and have taken the time to look at destinations that perhaps weren't key for the Maldives previously, but as you say, were opening up to travel far more earlier or far more ahead of destinations that would normally have been historical um, arrival opportunities. Yeah, that's a good, another good point. I mean, I noticed looking at the, the website today that uh, they've been doing virtual engagement with the travel trade in two countries in our region, Thailand and Singapore. So that, you know, that augurs well for when uh, borders are a little bit more open that, you know, you may get more travelers from, from those two countries in future. But when we were talking back in February, Ruth, one of the things that you said was quite interesting was different patterns of travel. And you particularly mentioned that the average length of stay had changed at that point. What, what's happened since? The average length of stay has remained fairly consistent um, up until the end of October. It's 8.9. So it's fluctuated around the 9.1 um, to 8.9 uh, days, which is um, significantly higher than it has been previously. Um, and part of that will be about the China market. The Chinese market would be a very short three, four days. And if they were as they were back in 2019 within your top five markets, they're the, the number that's driving the um, number of bed nights down. So I think there's an aspect of it's about the markets that are traveling, that they are traditionally a long stay market. Um, but also that we've got the quarantine period where all of those stays would have been 14 or 15 nights. And then added into the fact that from a travel industry perspective, we are seeing generally around the world that people are looking at longer stay holidays or travel periods post-COVID. May and June saw the lowest numbers of arrivals, but these are historically the low season months um, where arrivals would be generally less in the Maldives. But this year was also impacted with, as you mentioned, the border being closed to arrivals from South Asia. And since the border reopened to South Asia in July, then monthly numbers have significantly um, increased. Arrivals for August, September and October have accounted for 40% of the total number of arrivals in 2021. And that three-month period is just a little bit less than 1% down on arrivals for the same period in 2019. Unfortunately, at this point in time, whoever we talk to, wherever around the world, one of the things we have to talk about is vaccination programs. Hopefully next, next year or in a year's time, we, we won't have to bother with it so much. But Maldives doesn't have a huge population. It progressed quite quickly with its vaccination program. What's the current situation and are booster shots being administered there? Booster shots are planned to be administered from next year. 
Currently, um, just shy of 395,000 have received first vaccination and just shy of 358,000 have received uh, second vaccination. And certainly within the uh, tourism industry, the number of individuals are well into the 90%, with many resorts and properties being able to um, shout that they have a fully vaccinated team, which is certainly the case uh, for ourselves here at Secret Paradise. And then, you know, if you look at a number of resorts, they're beginning to utilise we're fully vaccinated um, within their marketing strategy. So we'll look ahead at 2022 in a moment because 2022 is the golden jubilee for travel and tourism in Maldives. But let's, we're sort of moving into what is a, was a key period of the year for Maldives travel. So what's the focus for the Maldives over the coming months and for Secret Paradise Maldives in particular? The Maldives in general, the focus will be on achieving the stretch target of 1.5 million arrivals. And the focus is always around um, service and experience that links into the uh, festive season as far as resorts and um, guest house properties um, are concerned. From a more general perspective, if we look at um, the, the tourism industry as a whole and the marketing side of it, some of the, the key aspects that are, are being looked at include redefining um, mice travel, also, as I mentioned, um, homestay. And then for uh, Secret Paradise, the uh, key focus for us will be that during 2020, and having taken to the internet in particular LinkedIn, which is where you and I uh, bumped paths, we secured a number of new business partnerships that have increased our DMC portfolio. So we're therefore looking forward to representing and welcoming new group travel brands to the Maldives for the first time in 2022. And then our main focus will always continue to be geared towards sustainability and education, providing the opportunity for our guests to connect with Maldivian culture, local communities and the environment through travelling with our local guides. So let's look a little bit ahead to, to 2022 then, Ruth. As I said, it, it will be celebrated as the Golden Jubilee, the 50th anniversary of tourism in the Maldives. What's, what are some of the highlights that visitors can expect next year? And are there any surprises planned? I think there must be plenty of surprises planned, but they're keeping them under lock and key. So a countdown to the golden jubilee year of the Maldives tourism uh, was kicked off with a video message from George Corbyn, who was among the first tourists to visit the Maldives and played a vital role in the inception of tourism. Um, throughout the year, the tourism ministry have been in discussion with uh, tourism stakeholders to plan activities for grand celebrations of the Jubilee year. I'm sure that we have plenty to look forward to, but currently all remains under wraps. One other good thing for us, though, is that Secret Paradise um, celebrates its 10th anniversary in 2022. So we'll be having a double celebration next year. Brilliant, brilliant. We look forward to some celebrations there, Ruth. Uh, and I guess one of the other things we haven't mentioned, which has happened this year, is the Maldives is one of the few countries in the world that has its own travel rewards program. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, it's uh, called Border Miles, and there are three levels. And a little bit like quiz game shows, you earn points in order to win prizes. So every time that you uh, visit the Maldives, you are awarded points 
um, based on various things which may include the level of your stay, if you're traveling during um, an anniversary or birthday celebration period, for example. And then as you accumulate points, these can be reimbursed with various tourism stakeholders, which may mean free nights at a property or discounts on particular activities or meals, for example. So let's talk a little bit about Southeast Asia, Ruth, because you were mentioning there that the the marketing is really reaching out to different markets than than before. Obviously, there is this big China-shaped gap in in arrivals and probably will be for for several months to come. I think at the moment, only Singapore Airlines is flying to the Maldives from Southeast Asia. I noticed on on the the website for, for, for the tourism industry that they were starting to talk up Southeast Asia. There were these two interactive online platforms to try and connect with the travel trade in Thailand and in Singapore. I think it mentioned that in 2019, there were around about 88,000 visitors from Southeast Asia, which is generally pretty low. So are there expectations that, you know, next year might see a bigger number of arrivals from, from across this region? I would imagine so. Um, And I think from an airline perspective, there are currently 33 airlines servicing the Maldives. And, you know, I'm no um, expert in that field, but I think it's highly likely, given that Thailand have now opened their border, as you mentioned, that further routes uh, will open up in coming months. I'm aware that there were some guests from um, Thailand and also uh, Korea that had circumnavigated um, a route in order to be able to get down to Adu and go uh, diving quite recently. So I think as borders open, um, people will be looking at what routes um, are servicing them. And if there is not potentially a direct route, then they may be looking at being able to take a number of flights to, to hop around the world in order to get to the Maldives. At present for us, we haven't seen any inquiries for 2021 from um, Southeast Asia, but we have started to receive a few requests for information on travel in 2022. So more about what are the guidelines, what do I need to be aware of, as opposed to, right, we we want to travel on these particular dates. Um, And I think in terms of the Southeast Asia market in general, it's another short haul um, like South Asia. So so the Maldives can be reached quite easily. So I'm sure for the future, it's a market um, that can be tapped into um, and will seem to be growing over the next few years. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think previously, before the pandemic, particularly here from Malaysia, uh, a lot of travellers that went to the Maldives actually sort of did a two-centred holiday and used to go via Sri Lanka. So taking a bit of Sri Lanka first, then go to the Maldives uh, and then then come back via Sri Lanka. So maybe that's something we can we can look forward to, to opening up again as, as our borders slowly and gradually start to reopen here. But let's talk about you personally, Ruth. What, what's the year been for you? Have you been travelling at all? Have you got any upcoming trips on the horizon? Um, I've only been travelling within the Maldives and that's only very recently. From September... Um, locals who were fully vaccinated were able to travel more uh, freely. Although if you go to a resort, a PCR test is still required prior to arrival. So I've managed to get in three local island visits in uh, the last uh, month or so, and also a weekend visit at a resort. And really with the exception of the mandatory mask wearing at the airport and on transfers and in enclosed public spaces, Both environments felt a a great, great distance away from uh, pandemic life. 
So as you mentioned, we'll, we'll finish on the anniversary for you next year because it's 10 years since your company was set up uh, and you relocated from the UK to the Maldives almost 10 years ago. So how do you look back on that time? What, what have been some of the key learnings, some of the key experiences that you'll, you'll probably hold with you into the future? I'm very proud of what we've achieved with Secret Paradise. I certainly didn't set out to be the first sustainable tour company in the Maldives, nor to be an award-winning company. At the time, it was a route to escape my retail life, I guess, and take on a new challenge in a country that I um, I loved. Um, certainly today, the tours and activities sector has far greater focus and visibility than when we were starting out with Secret Paradise. And... The last 18 months have shown that there are many groups and specialists online who can offer support to individuals or businesses. And I wish that we perhaps had had that type of forum uh, when we started Secret Paradise, particularly as my background came from retail and not directly from travel and tourism. So I think for me, looking back, it was a case of learning on the job and perhaps making a few mistakes along the way. But certainly for people who are starting out to be able to have these type of forums where they can ask questions and, and seek advice. And certainly for myself now, I've, I find them extremely valuable and, and pick up a, a lot of uh, good nuggets along the way. And what about the pandemic? What, what's that taught you? I mean, it's, we've all learned so much over the last two years. And I think probably those learnings will continue into 2022. What will carry you into next year? Have there been specific learnings that it's taught you about travel and tourism and about the Maldives itself? I guess it's highlighted about resilience um, in terms of maintaining a, a business through such challenging times and the best way to go about that. But importantly, how people are the foundation of your business, um, be that the team that work within Secret Paradise or our extended team in terms of the communities and our business partners, and that it's about communication. And I think the communication process is the base for success or failure. And sometimes you have to put your hands up and be open and honest in terms of the situation that you find yourself in and providing you are open and honest with your business partners and your suppliers, um, then that has perhaps helped protect us um, to some degree, particularly in the, the first few months when there was uh, no um, income coming through uh, during the lockdown period. I think also for me, it's almost given me the opportunity to look back at the things that I may have wanted to do that were on the to-do list and be able to tick some of those off, as well as take time out to speak with other operators globally um, and certainly my network around the world, whether that's from travel advisors to people like yourself to business partners um, in other destinations, learning from them and having the opportunity to speak with them on a more regular basis because we were all at home with a, a different focus um, has certainly perhaps aided our connections for the future. Really good points there, Ruth. So moving into what is a, ordinary is a busy period for the Maldives, markets are starting to open around the world, patterns of travel are starting to re-emerge. Are you optimistic for the next few months and into 2022? 
For sure, definitely optimistic. If we look at the bookings that I've taken um, in October, they're 60% up on bookings that we would have received in October 2019. And some of those bookings are requests not only for the festive period and high season, but right through to the end of July 2022. So certainly, as you say, with key markets now reopening to international travel, um, I'm very optimistic and positive for uh, the next six to 12 months. That's fantastic to hear, Ruth. Thanks very much for that optimism. It's great to hear that things are are looking up for 2022. Fantastic to speak to you once again, and thanks very much for your insights. Hopefully we can chat again sometime in 2022 and we can catch up and find out how that optimism is playing out. Thanks again for inviting me along, Gary. Always a, a pleasure to catch up with you. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Ruth. So that brings us to the end of this Maldives special edition of the Southeast Asia Travel Show. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and don't forget to send us your thoughts and your comments on anything we discussed with Ruth or anything that we li- that we missed out. Maldives is going to be a hot ticket destination next year, so plenty to talk about. Drop us an email at hello at the seasiatravelshow.com or message us on our LinkedIn page at the Southeast Asia Travel Show or on Twitter at SEA Travel Show. Meanwhile, you can catch up with the Southeast Asia Travel Show's full back catalogue on our website, www.theseasiatravelshow.com or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Podchaser, CastBox, Overcast, Podcast Addict, Stitcher and Amazon Music. Just search for the Southeast Asia Travel Show on each app. So that's a wrap for today, but I'll be back on Thursday with a special edition of the show looking at the last two months of the year, and we have a very special guest. Hope to see you then.